Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi, and we're moving right along in Masech, the Shabbos, Perik, Hey, Mishnah Dalet, moving on to Perik, Vav, Mishnah Aleph. And it's Arab Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshish Vayetze, which makes it more exciting to learn Mishnah Shabbos. In Chamar Bimar Da'es. So uh, we've been discussing the laws of carrying on Shabbos, and as they relate to an animal, and we've noted that things that are a masoi, a burden, an animal is not allowed to wear in public. So we're going to continue with the various different instruments and, that, and clothing, if you will, that animals wear and what they can and cannot wear. A camel, excuse me, a donkey, cannot go outside wearing a saddlecloth if it's not tied to the donkey before Shabbos. Again, similar to the previous Mishnah, and the concern here is that if it falls off, you'll pick it up. And again, you can't tie it on Shabbos because you're going to lean against the donkey. Assuming you're getting out of the issues of kshira, of making knots. So you can't go out with an untied saddlecloth. Lobazog, nor with a bell hanging from its neck. Even if it's stuffed with cloth, as you stuff the cloth, um, the bell with cloth, so the clapper can't swing back and forth and make a sound. And the reason for this is that a animal, or in this case, the donkey with a bell around its neck, it looks like you're bringing it out to the marketplace. So whether it makes noise or doesn't make noise, the appearance is you're bringing it to the marketplace and therefore it's pro- prohibited. It happens to be that if it did make noise, you may run into other issues of Hashmah's call. Rashi is of the opinion, and this may be uh, a bigger issue, it is a bigger issue, that once it's making noise and walking through the street making noise, so then you have this issue of Hashmah's call, which takes away from the spirit of Shabbos. Now, if you're thinking one minute, don't our Sefer Torah have bells? So some do and some don't. And this comes down to Machlokas, the Taz, and the Shach about when it comes to Kabbalah Torah, perhaps we are more lenient when it comes to Hashmaz Kol. We're more lenient about making the noise because it's for the covet of the Torah, for the honor of the Torah. More on this at some other point. Continues our Mishnah. He can't wear a sulam around its neck, a ladder around its neck. This doesn't mean an actual ladder, but rather ladder, but rather it was some sort of brace that looked like a ladder they would place on the neck of the donkey, and that would prevent the donkey from turning its head. Nor can you put some sort of strap on its leg, and the reason they would do this is because they didn't want the legs to bang together, so they would put some sort of protective strap on the leg so that it wouldn't one leg wouldn't bang into the other. Chickens may not go outside wearing strings, and the strings would be serving as identification of who the chickens belong to, nor straps on their legs to restrain the stra- to restrain the chicken from jumping all over the place. Rams may not go with an agola, a wagon beneath their tail. What do we mean by wagon? Again, it's some sort of instrument that looked a little like a mini wagon, and it would go beneath the tail because rams have fairly long tails, and they don't want the tail to be uh, injured while it was walking outside by picking up the stones and pebbles and getting injured, so they'd put some sort of miniature wagon beneath the tail. So as it walked, it would pull this wagon, and the tail would rest on the wagon, and that would prevent injury. Ewes, a ewe is a female sheep. Sheep is a generic gender-neutral term. Ewe is female, ram is male. Okay, now that we've learned our uh, our zoology for the day, let's continue. A ewe may not go out with a chip of wood in their nose. Now, you may be thinking, why in the world would you put a chip in the nose of the ewe? And the answer is, to make it sneeze. Well, that made no sense. Why would you want to make the ewe sneeze? So it seems to be that the there are these parasites, these worms, that would find a way to lodge themselves into the head of the of the 
of the U, and when the U would sneeze, it would dislodge these parasites, thus preventing the harm to the U. And in order to make it sneeze, they put this chip of wood in the nose, and that would, again, effectively treat these parasites. Don't try this at home. Now, if you're thinking, what about the rams? So interestingly, the Rav over here points out that rams, because they are constantly fighting and butting their heads against one another, that actually dislodges the worms by itself. Fascinating. You learn all sorts of things when you do Mishnayomi. A calf would not go out with a yoke made of reeds. And the reason they'd have a yoke made of reeds is because reeds are hollow and very light. And this would be served as a training for the calf that when it gets older, how to use a real yoke. So they would train it with these lighter yokes of reeds. And a cow may not go outside with porcupine hide on its udders. They would put some sort of porcupine hide in the udders, think of it like barbed wire, and that would prevent the rodents from trying to get to the udders. Or they would put a strap between the horns. Why would they do that? So that seemed to be more of a decoration. Rabbi um, says the Mishnah, parts which are Rabbi the cows of Rabbi Elizabeth Azariah, which the, the Mishnah in Beitza points out, it wasn't actually his cows, it was his neighbor's cow, because he didn't step in and prevent them from doing the fo- as follows, as we'll see in a second, they used to call the cow in his name, almost like they were trying to make fun of him a little bit. Hey, it's your cow. Not my cow. Yeah, but you're not. You're the rabbi. You're not saying anything. So the cows of Elizabeth Azariah, so it says, Bertuah bin Karnel. These cows would actually go out with this string, this decorative string between the horns of the cow, uh, and Shalom Ratzin Chacham, and the, and the sages were not very happy about this. As to say, they used to do it, but they were not endorsing this. This concludes the Mishnah. Now we're going to move on to the next parak, parak Vav, which is going to move from animals to humans. What may a human go outside with? What may not go out with? So you're now you may be thinking, of course, we already know the rules. If there is no Erev and you're in a public domain, so you cannot carry. Well, the question now is going to become, how do you define carrying? For a very simple reason. We go outside with clothing. Why, why don't we say you can't wear clothing outside in public? Or you, for that matter, you can't go out in public on Shabbos clothing, you're carrying the clothing, and the answer is going to be very similar to this, that even when it comes to human beings, we're not allowed to carry things that serve no purpose, that are just a masoi. But wearing things, wearing things are, is not considered, it, it is not considered to, it, it's, excuse me, but wearing things is not considered carrying, and therefore the prohibition of transferring, of carrying outside, transferring from one domain to another domain, or carrying in Rosh Hashanah does not apply to wearing. Now, that being said, here's one caveat. What if you are wearing something that is prone to either fall off or to be taken off? What then do you say? So our mission is going to discuss cases of things that are prone to either fall off or be taken off, or, as we'll see as the mission progresses, there are going to be certain things where a person may take off in order to show off, such as fancy jewelry. A woman has wearing a fancy piece of jewelry, and her friend comes, she takes it up, and goes, hey, look, look at this beautiful ring I have. And then they're carrying in Rosh Harabim. So we're going to see, says our Mishnah, with what may a woman wear outside, and with what may she not wear outside. A woman may not go outside with strings of wool, linen, or straps on her head. Now, what's the reason for that? The, um, the reason for that is as follows. That a woman would decorate her head wearing these linen or wool or straps in her head, strings on it in her head. But if she had to go to the mikvah, so then you have to remove all the the chatzitzos, uh, the impediments on one's body, including these straps. And if she's wearing them on Shabbos, she may come to loosen them. And when she's doing that, she, she may come to loosen them and then they may fall off, 
about she's carrying just Robins. In order to prevent that, Chazal just said the sages said no carrying these, no wearing these things outside on Shabbos. Continue the Mishnah of Lo Batetvas Lo San Butin Bismanch Tofrin. A woman may not go outside wearing a headband or head bangles, which is some sort of colorful ribbon. Again, she'd wear in her head, and it would hang down. They would hang down to, to again just decoration to look nice on her. And she may not wear these unless they are sewn onto her hat. Meaning, if they're not sewn onto her hat, so we're afraid she may take them off because they're so beautiful, she want to show to all her friends. However, if they are sewn on her hat, it's not a problem. Why not? Why, why, is, why is it different if it's sewn versus not sewn? What difference does it make if you sew these onto her hat? So the answer is because if they're sewn to her hat and she's in a public place, she's not going to want to remove her, want to remove her hat and expose her hair. That's prohibited. So that she knows she can't do, even if her friend comes and says, oh, that looks so beautiful. Yeah, but I'm not taking my tichel off. I'm not taking off my shaitel in public. And therefore, it's not a problem if it's sewn to her hat. She may not go into a Rishis Rabim wearing a public place wearing a forehead pad. Also, similarly for decorative purposes, she'd wear these things to look nice. And we still have this concern that she may want to remove it so that she can show her friends. She may not go out wearing the city of gold. If you recall the story of his wife, Rabbi Akiva and his wife, he promised her a ear shel zahav, a city of gold, which, again, it was some sort of beautiful ornament of Yerushalayim that they would wear on their heads. In Norsh, can she wear a choker or nose rings? Nor with a ring that does not have a stamp for sealing letters. Again, all these things are done to look pretty. What about a signet ring? So that we'll see more in the uh, in two Mishnahis from now. She cannot go with a, a needle that has no hole for threading. This seems to be some sort of brooch. It's some sort of needle on one end and, saw, and no hole in the other, meaning there was some sort of decorative thing on the other end. So some sort of nice pin. Um, but if she does go out with any, wearing any, if she does go out wearing any of these, she's not liable to bring a chattis offering. I.e., none of this is da'araisa because if it were da'araisa, if it were biblically prohibited and she carried biblically unintentionally, then she'd be required to bring a sacrifice. These are all these things that are mishnah are rabbinic, and the reason they are put in place, the reason the rabbis enacted these things, was because we have a concern that. Wearing any of these things may cause one to actually carry, as in if they fall off or the woman takes them off. Which means that as we as society have evolved, and it's no longer necessarily socially acceptable to say, oh, nice ring, can I try it on? We don't do that anymore, so the postgame have become more lenient in these matters. The postgame have become more lenient and say, well, since it's not common custom, so then jewelry can be worn outside in public. Although Rav Moshe Feinstein has a fascinating juva, where he says, what about a watch? So Rav Moshe is actually splits... And he says, some watches one's allowed to wear when there's no Arab, and some they cannot wear. Why would he split? So he said, a fancy watch one can wear whether there's an Arab and whether there's not an Arab. While as a beautiful watch that I have, I think it's Timex, one is not allowed to wear on Shabbos outside of an Arab. Why the differentiation between a fancy and a non-fancy watch? And says Ramosha, very simple. That if you're wearing a watch like mine, which is more functional than it, and practical than it is an adornment, and an ornament, so if my watch happens to break on Shabbos, and I'm standing outside in a public place, what am I probably going to do? I'll probably take it and put it into my pocket, again, because there's no use for it, there's no function for it, it's it's not telling time, so I might as well not wear it, thus I'll put it in my pocket and end up carrying in a public domain. Whereas, if it's a fancy watch, which is more a status symbol, so whether or not it's working, I'm still going to wear it, because I want everyone to see, hey look, Kat's got a Rolex! And therefore, Moshe is more inclined to allow that uh, uh, fancy watch to be worn outside of an area. I wish you all a wonderful day.